We are so glad that you guys are here. Welcome to Momentum Church. I know you've already been welcomed. My name's Tim. I'm the senior pastor, and it's my privilege that you're here. It's my privilege to get to worship with you, and um, I just can't tell you what a dream come true today really is. This truly is a dream. Last December, last December, I just give some of you history you don't know. Um, let me back up just a bit. Last October, God called me out. Have you ever been called out? Anyone here, you married? You ever been called out by your spouse? Right? Like maybe your attitude was tanking and they blew the whistle. And you're like, yeah. And it really frustrated you because they knew, or you knew, excuse me, you knew that they were right. But, you know, oh, my wife is, she's right enough. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, y'all don't tell her I said that. But, um, but that's the truth. That's the truth, man, and, and that sometimes we get called out. God called me out last, last October, and God said, Tim, he said, you have two fears, and I want them both. I want them both. And as I stood there before God in Atlanta, Georgia, at a leadership conference, God spoke to my heart, and he said, Tim, I want you to start a church. My dad was a pastor growing up. In fact, dad started a couple different churches. When dad started a church in Franklin, Tennessee, um, It wasn't shortly after that the church was doing well. My mom walked the aisle, and my mom had a prayer request. And her prayer request was that the church would take off, and that the church would be everything that God called it to be. Just a couple months after that, we were in a horrific accident on Highway 96 going from Franklin to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. A man was drinking and driving. He hit his head on going 100 miles per hour. He killed my mom instantly. My family went from... Everything was great. We had just come from a family reunion, Opryland, riding the rides, having the fun, to what in the world just happened. And I share that with you because there's a cost when you follow God. You know, there's two crosses. The first cross is the cross Jesus picked up. And it cost him his very life. But the cool news is resurrection can't happen until death happens. And then there's a second cross, and that's our cross as Christians. If anyone ever tells you being a Christian is going to be easy, it's going to be perfect, you're going to be totally rich your whole life, and everything else, I want to tell you, that's not totally the truth. It costs to follow Christ. The second cross is the cross that you and I pick up. Jesus said, pick up your cross and what? Follow me. And so here, my family just started this church I think it was like Victory Baptist or something like that in Franklin, Tennessee. We met in a square. So this is cool today, meeting at a school. Listen, we we can meet anywhere. We can meet in a field, and as long as we're together and God's present, and if two or three of us are together, God's present, and if we're there to worship him in spirit and truth, we're going to have church. Can I get an amen? amen? That's right. So we don't have to have all the bells and whistles, although um, sometimes those are nice. We don't have to. The kingdom of God advances and violent men take it. They seize it by force. That's what Matthew says. And I want to tell you something. I want to be violent for the kingdom of God. I don't want to be on the back lines. I don't want to be scared to get out. I want to be on the front lines carrying my cross and fighting for the gospel and for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I don't want to be a fourth string Christian. I want to be put me in coach. And today's a challenge about that. Today is a vision cast of if it could be, it should be. Would you say that with me? If it could be, it, one more time. If it, it should be. Shortly after the accident, of course, that church 
dissolved. And I, rem I remember for years thinking, God, if I start a church, I, I mean, I've been, you know, working in the church world for a while, but what if it doesn't take off? What if, what if we have like 10 people? What if that's it? You know, the devil will speak into your mind. You know that? The devil will put thoughts in your mind. They're not God thoughts, for the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts to give you a hope and the future that you plan for and you hope for. That's how God thinks. Isn't that pretty cool? And so I tell you what, man, when I surrendered that fear in October, um, I prayed. When I got done, God said, man, in two weeks you're going to be approached to start a church. Two weeks later we came here. Where's Dee and Brandon at? Where are you guys at? Right here, there's Brandon doing a great job. Weren't they doing a great job this morning? Give them up, man. Brandon out there waving to everyone. I'm so proud of you, man. But we came in. We flew in for the wedding. And uh, at the end of the wedding, the reception, um, we were asked by someone who's not here, by Robert Kimball, dear friend of mine. I was like, man, I think God's speaking to your heart about starting a church. And I said, he is. And we talked about 10, 15 minutes later. He said, man, I, I think God wants me to ask you to come here and start a church. You know what I said? I got real spiritual real quick. Isn't that what we do? I said, I'll pray about it. <laughs> and I went back for a week and a half, and I thought, dear God, literally, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, help. What am I going to do? Because I had a really nice house, really nice. This is a dream house. Never want to buy another house. We had beautiful stuff, man. And Jesus said, do you love me more than these we had beautiful friends. We had a beautiful life. And Jesus said, you love me more than these? You willing to walk away from it all? Our house, hopefully, will be short sold on Monday. And uh, thank you, God. That's the answer to prayer. Yeah. I'm just being real and honest today. But it was hard to walk away from thousands of dollars we had in a house to know that that was an investment of 13 years of marriage to be totally wiped away. And God said, you love me more than your investment? See, God doesn't care so much about our sacrifices. God cares about our obedience because God really set the standard in sacrifice. But God rewards our sacrifice. Are you with me? And today is a reward for every one of us that name the name of Jesus and have this hope and this dream and this belief called Momentum Church. Last November, after a couple weeks of no sleep, I finally tapped out and I went to our church um, leaders, and I told them what God had done to the surprise that one of the pastors said, Tim, a week and a half before you ever went to Pensacola, God spoke to my heart. I was praying and fasting for you and Steph one day, 24 hours, no food, probably no liquid. And he said, I prayed for you guys. And he said, God spoke to my heart and said he was getting ready to send you to Pensacola area to start a church. Isn't that something? And when he told me that, I started crying because now this was like a month later and God's hand had been in all the details. So I had two weeks left at the church where I was at and a long story short, two weeks went by real quick. And I found myself being at a church that I loved after five years of pouring my heart and being an adult pastor and a campus pastor and working with the high school and the um, college students and watching God do amazing things, stepping out in faith and believing that God would meet me there. That's what we call the sweet spot, when our faith intersects his faithfulness. And can I tell you something today? He's faithful. 
he's faithful. And when you step out, and when you abandon it all for the sake of the call, he's faithful. And for me, it looked like starting a church. For you, it might be starting a business. For you, it might be expanding your business. For you, it might be staying right where you are. You've been at this job for 20 years. And you have no idea of the incredible impact that you're making for the kingdom. And there are days you feel like you don't even have you know, a cigarette lighter worth of light. And you have no idea how much light you're being for the kingdom. Are you with me? But when you meet him there, it's incredible. Today, I want to tell you a very quick story. It's found in Exodus. You remember the story. God raises up a man who had some incredible self-image problems. His name was Moses, probably outside of Jesus, the greatest leader in the Bible. And Moses was brought up in the household of Pharaoh. He had everything he ever wanted, but he ran away. He ran away because he saw that his people had been captured and they were tortured. And Pharaoh just wanted more, more, more out of them. And he ended up killing a man. And when he, caught, when he killed that man, one of his own people, a Hebrew, was beating up on another Hebrew. And Moses spoke up and Moses said, what are you doing? That's your brother. And the guy lipped off to what once was Moses. But at that point, it was a tipping point for him. It was, a, it was a, a change for him. Moses said, what are you doing? And he said, what are you going to do? You're going to kill us? You're going to kill us like you killed the other guy? Is that what you're going to do, Moses? And Moses, because of fear, ran. But when you run out of fear, God will always call you back to the place that you fear. Because God is not the author of fear. And so Moses spends quite a bit of time, 40 years in fact, he spends quite a bit of time till God appears to him in a burning bush and God calls out to him, Moses, Moses. What's incredible is he saw something miraculous and the Bible says he moved towards the miraculous. When we move towards the miraculous, James, the book of James comes true. As we come close to God, God comes close to us. I always wonder what would have happened had Moses seen the miraculous but Moses not moved towards it. He had something to do with the future of his life, and so do you and so do I. He saw a burning bush, and he said, that's different. I've never seen a something burning so intensely, and yet it's not consumed, and so he moved to it. When he gets there, God says, Moses, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And so he takes his shoes off, and then God tells him exactly what's going to happen. He tells him the whole deal. He says, Moses, here's the deal. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to use you, and you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, and you're going to be the man that I use to get my people out of bondage. That's how I'm going to use you. And this is what's going to happen. He's going to harden his heart. You're going to have to do signs and all this kind of stuff. And then I'm telling you, when the whole thing's over with, finally, I'm 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 going to take his son. And, and all the firstborn of the people, and they're going to be mourning and all this stuff, and they're going to follow, they're going to follow you out, Moses, and you guys are not only going to be free, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I'm free at last, that's what the people are going to be saying, but your women are going to be taking gold and silver from the Egyptians, and you guys are going to leave with prosperity upon you, because you're following me, and my blessing is with you, and Moses, I don't think he heard anything once God said go I think because when you read the scriptures God told him the plan From beginning to end Don't you wish God would tell you your life's plan 
Don't you wish he would spell it out for you like he spelled it out for Moses? I mean, he gave him details. But Moses didn't hear probably three-fourths of it because he got hung up when God said, go. What? Are you talking to me? I can't hear you. God says, can you hear me now? And a couple times Moses says, I, 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 I can't do it because he had a reason why God couldn't use him. Do you have a reason why God can't use you? you have something in your past that's hanging you up? You know, if you let the past trip you up, your future will always be tied to the past. But if you believe that God is bigger and greater than your past failures, past mistakes, past sins, and that you are not your past, you are your present, and you are your future. Are you with me today? When you get to that point, anything is possible. And Moses remembered he had killed someone. Moses remembered the fear in his heart. <laughs> he remembered the heart palpitations that were going on after he killed that guy and ran and God says I'm going to use you and so now fast forward here he is and here he is and they've done the signs and the wonders and the staff and he stands for Pharaoh and Pharaoh says get out of here because his firstborn son had just died that morning and there was weeping all through the land and Moses and them get up and he leads finally leads the people out of Egypt Egypt represents sin the promised land represents what God has for every one of us. And here's Moses. And we're looking in Exodus chapter 14 today. And I want to read a couple verses for you. I'm reading from the message today. And I'll begin in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they saw the Egyptian coming. Here's what happened. They're leading them out. And God said, Moses, I want you to kind of backtrack a little bit. So you're making progress, you're moving from your failures and your hang-up. But I kind of want you to turn around just a little bit, go backwards just a little bit and spend the night there. And what's going to happen is Pharaoh is going to, they're going to see that you guys are backtracking. They're going to say, dude, they're screwed up in the mind, something's wrong, something's not right. Like, let's go get them now. They're not thinking straight. Are you with me? They're not thinking straight. Let's go seize the day. Let's go take them. And so that's what happens. Pharaoh sets out and he takes 600 of his greatest chariots. He takes his men and now they're tracking down. They're in hot pursuit, relentless pursuit of Moses and the children of Israel. And so now Pharaoh's approaching. The Bible says this, the Israelites looked up. They saw the Egyptians coming. So evidently they were close enough for them to see them. They were totally afraid. They cried out to God in terror. Have you ever been so afraid that you cried out to God in terror. Have you? Has your marriage ever been tanking so quickly that you cried out to God in terror? Have your finances ever been in such a man, if God didn't show up, you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, man, what, your business was fine, and then all of a sudden, it's like the bottom dropped out. Clients started dropping off, and all of a sudden, you started feeling that pressure. They cried out, by the way, can I just say something? That is the appropriate response when your life starts to tank, the only way for us to respond is to cry out to God. And you know what we do? If you're like me, I know what I do. You know what I do? I cry out to everybody. <laughs> I'm talking to my best friends. I mean, I got the favorites on the iPhone, right? I'm uh, scrolling through. <laughs> help, help. Next, help, help, help. Next one is mom and dad. We cry out our family and our friends. And we go to all the people that we love and trust the most. Isn't that right? God wants you to cry out to him, right? Third day, that song, cry out to Jesus. 
I promise you today, man, when people hurt, when I talk to people and they're like, we don't know what to do. Listen to me, because if you're not there one day, you will be there. You know what you do? You cry out to Jesus. When your 16, almost 16-year-old 16 son, when he has a life-threatening accident, and your life is great, and you're in the business office, and you get a phone call, you know what you do? You cry out to Jesus. That is the only appropriate response. I don't know where you're at today in your life. I don't know what burdens you have on you today. But I do know that you have them. Can I just tell you to cry out to Jesus? Because he will meet you there. The story goes on and says this. Moses says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. Here's a word of God and a word from God for some of you today. Some of you don't know how you're going to make it. Let me tell you something. Just stand still. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. That doesn't mean you say, you know what, I'm not going to try to get a job because I've tried and can't get one. So I'm just, no, no, no. What that means is you remember who is the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or even think. And you stand still and you recognize that he is sovereign and in control and we're not. And so that's what happens here. He says, God's going to fight for us. And then Moses Goes back to God. And after he's had this display of courage, Moses goes back to God and Moses starts crying out to God. And Moses says, God, help me. And God says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Get up. Get up. Get up. You know, there is a pattern in the Bible where men go to God and they cry out to God. And God hears their cry. And then God says, get up. See, half of it is what God can do. And half of it is what we can do. Are you with me? We talk about a 50-50 here. And so he gets up and he says, you know what? Here we go. And he's right in front of the Red Sea. And here they've all gone. And they are up against it because he's let them out. And the Israelites are saying, Moses, why didn't you leave us back there? There were cemeteries. Are we going to die here? We're going to die right now at this water? Is this? And they start cursing him. And they're angry. And they want to kill him. I'm telling you, man, people, I mean, we're talking about a couple million people here. There are a couple brothers want to take them out. You know what I'm saying? There are a couple people there like, yeah, we got some plans for you, Moses. Can we have a meeting with you real quick? And Moses stands there and God says, here's what's going to do. Take your staff and I'm going to part the wind or part the water, actually Red Sea. And with a strong east wind, I'm going to blow. And the Bible says, I love this because God is in the details. He's a God of process. God could have just boom and changed everything. But the Bible says that the east wind blew all night. God can do anything like that. But sometimes he may want you to lay in a tomb for three days. Before he resurrects you. God may just want you to stand there. And he may want to do a miracle. But he may not want to just do it instantly. He may want to see if you're going to stand in front of the water. And wait. To wait on the miracle. And that's exactly what happened. And all of a sudden the Bible says that the Israelites walked. Across where the Red Sea was. The bottom of the Red Sea. They're walking across on dry ground. And when they get to the other side. Pharaoh and his peeps had already been chasing them down, and they were ready to take them out. And they're behind them, and God all of a sudden stopped that east wind. And the waters came, and the waters took out the entire army. That's what God did. God fought for them. Are you with me? Do you need God to fight for you today? He's better than your A-type personality. 
He can get way more done with his creativity than with ours. We got to stand still. I want to cast a little vision to you real quick and tell you how this applies to me because this is where I'm at. A couple weeks ago, um, we brought in someone from uh, Portable Church. His name was Amin. He's awesome. He's a great company. They specialize in helping churches get established and get going and get growing where there are portable situations, whether it's a movie theater, whether it's a school, whether it's just a building, whatever it is. If they got to be in and out because something else is happening during the week, these this company partners with God followers to make it happen. We've been portable from the get-go. We started Shoreline Park. It was beautiful. We were there for about a month and a half. And then God moved us. God moved us to the beach. We are at the beach. It's beautiful. But last December, I knew in my heart that God wanted us to be in one of these schools. So last December, I pick up phone. I call elementary, middle school, and high school. And as I call the schools, um, never got a phone call back. But I knew in my heart that it was destiny, that God was going to give us one of these schools. When we moved here back in February, shortly later, maybe it was around April, Frankie, we went, we met with the high school. We met with Danny Brothers. We talked. Danny was like, man, great guy, loves Jesus. But Danny was like, man, listen, bro, we can't, there's nothing here for you, man. Check the middle school or the elementary. And we began praying, and we began fasting, and we began believing God that God would give us favor to get one of these schools. Because after all, it's location, location, location. We don't want to leave the beach. The truth is, the beach is going to be a campus. It's going to be a seasonal campus. And so, we right now, our plans are to be in here around November. And we know that's going to get cold before too long. And being on the water, that wind's going to be, and we're going to feel it. And so, we were praying. And sure enough, man, God's timing. God opened the door to get into this school. And when our friend Amin came in, he was here for a couple days and worked like crazy around the clock. And man, we've got a 54-page report of all the details he gave us. We know how many people we can sit in here. By the way, these tables and chairs are something I need you to pray about. Because um, the school's budget, they spent half of their budget last year replacing tables and chairs. 28 grand is what you're looking at here, tables and chairs. And we've been told we can't move them. And so you know what? That's not ideal. That's not ideal. We have chairs. We want to use a little bit more comfortable chairs. Maybe you got some back trouble, maybe just like a back to your seat. Want to use that. We need God to move that mountain. So would you pray with me? That's where you can pray. We need your help with that. We believe that God will give us favor and eventually we'll have chairs in here and we can fit 438 people in here. Parking's not an issue. The truth is, with this location, we can reach, we can reach a lot of people. We could go to two services. We can go to three services we could go to four services if we needed to, and we could reach probably around 2,000 people, counting kids and students and all. Isn't that awesome? So God's given us something incredible. Can I, um, real quick, can we show some pictures in the back? We're just going to kind of flip through some stuff. Amin talked to us, and with this report, he said, man, listen, here's the deal. We listened to your vision. Here's what we see is potential. Because as you know, man, thank God, this is awesome. This is awesome. But I want to tell you something. It can be a lot better. And we want to be a church that is going after unchurched people. We want to be a church that unchurched people love to attend momentum. Because they say, man, that's sick. Man, that's like, we went to church. Abin said, Tim, here's the first question he asked me. After someone who's never been to church before comes to your church, what do you want them to say when they get in the car? 
That was the first question after the, we picked him up from the airport. And I said, man, I want them to get in the car, and I want them to say, that was church. You're freaking kidding me. That's exactly what I told them, just to be word for word honest. I want them to be blown away. That Are you serious? Like, that's church? Because you know why people don't go to church? Because they went to church as a kid, and they were bored out of their mind. This is not going to be a boring church. We're going to do some incredible stuff. Look at these pictures real quick. All this stuff is portable. So people set up, they tear down. It happens in gyms. It happens in cafeteriums like this. Trailers that, man, will have all kinds of um, 24-foot trailer that will have everything in it. Everything. From 30, get this, from 30, um, I'm forgetting the word. Y'all help me. I'm sorry. Crates. Like 30 different crates that have everything in it. It would be a portable church. You see the trailer and everything from audio and, and video to the children's area will totally signage. All that stuff would be in that trailer. Now we've been told that we cannot put any signage on this property because it's school owned, right? It's a county owned school board. And they're like, no, you can't do it. But across the street, Across the street, there's an area where we're working to see if we can get signage. But you know what the greatest signage is? Your mouth. Word of mouth. That's why we have invite cards. Would you pick these up? Would you pick these up? You see, you don't go to Momentum Church. You are Momentum Church. Would you say, I am Momentum Church? Would you say that with me? I am Momentum Church. Now, say it like you mean it, all right? I know it's a little early for some of us, right? Uh, come on. Deluna Fest has been keeping us out a little bit. Let's speak up. Here we go. Ready? I Look at this area for our kids. Kids need color. Kids need room. Afterwards today, I'm going to lead you around. I'm going to take you on a tour. I'm going to show you. But right now, what you're seeing is you're seeing if it could be, it should be. This is what it can be right here. There's a gym. We're going to take you to a building that's carpeted. It's going to be a great area for our older kids. But you just see, man, to get a little creative and have environment for kids. We believe kids matter to Jesus. When Amin was here, I told Amin our kids are important. I said, I don't want you, I want our kids' areas to be nice. To which he responded with a $40,000 quote just for our kids. And you know what? Our kids are worth $40,000. $40,000, you kidding me? That's it? Man, I'll just tell you right now, if that, you know, if you're here and you're like, man, preacher, I already talk about money. Just go to another church. Just bless somebody else. Because you know what? Money's not the deal. People are the deal. But I'll promise you something. I promise you something. It takes money to do ministry. And I don't serve and worship the dollar. I went seven months without taking a paycheck. By faith. Because I wanted to have integrity before I stood in front of you. And got ready to say what I'm going to say today. But I promise you, I will not shy. I will not shy away from from raising money to reach people for Jesus. I won't do it. It's not about the dollar. It's about the people. But I promise you something. It takes money to reach people. My brother was baptized last week. Some of our friends back there baptized last week. You know, you know how much money that it takes to reach people? An incredible amount of money. But I don't get hung up on the money. Because it's not about the money. It's about people, and I want to see life change. I'm addicted to it. I'm an addict, guys. I'll just be honest with you. I'm an addict. My name's Tim Payne, and I'm an addict 
to life change because I've tasted it and I don't want to change it. When I see someone that's broken and without hope and they come to Jesus because the music isn't like grandma's church music. And the environment's a little bit different and the dress is a whole lot different. Man, they, man I think it's cool. I can wear shorts to church. See, what we want to do is remove barriers that have kept people from coming to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it has the power to change people. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm trying to contain myself. It's not working. But this school is going to reach thousands of people for the kingdom of Jesus. And I'm telling you, we can roll like this. I'm all for it. If we want to sit in tables and chairs and we want to do it like this, we can do it like this. But I want to tell you something. We do it a little bit better. We do it a whole lot better. And the cool thing is, when I came here, I told just a small group of people, I looked you in the eye and said, I'm not going to lead us into debt. I'm not going to do it. And so the quote, do we have any more pictures or did we hit them all? Did we hit them all, Chuck? The, the, in the bottom line was this. The bottom line, they looked at everything. They said, man, for the trailer, for all the stuff, for your children's area, basically for signage that we would use inside for the children's area and for all our audio and our video equipment. They said this. They said, man, you're looking, you're looking at dropping about $113,000, $114,000. And they said, but there's no pressure and they haven't called me once on it. I kind of like that. I think that's kind of awesome. And I told them, I believe God can do a miracle. And I believe God could, I believe some person I've never met could send us a check. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that. But I also said, you know what? I believe if God doesn't, we're still going to go through. And here's the principle from Exodus 14. What God leads you to, God will lead you through. And we're not going to allow $114,000 to stop us. I'm not sweating $114,000. That's peanuts. I believe in God. I'm already praying for millions. Worst thing, I love what the pastor said, worst thing could ever be put on someone's grave is they didn't have because they didn't ask. I'm asking God. God, you know what it's about. It's reaching people. We want to change the world, man. This Momentum Church. We're a community of Jesus followers, not churchgoers. Jesus followers, that means we walk where he walks. That means we go where he goes. That means we do what he did and what he calls us to do. A community of Jesus followers who together are an unstoppable force for good. Driven to change the world. And we want to change Haiti. And we want to change India. And we want to change Gulf Breeze. And we want to change Pensacola Beach. And we want to change Pensacola. And we want to change Navarre. And we want to change Destined, and we want this kingdom to advance violently for the kingdom of God. What does that mean, violently? It means that people are being arrested by the love of God, and they come in here, and they say, man, that was different than any church I've ever been to. I'm coming back next week. And they may be long before they become, and that's mighty fine with me. They may serve on a team before they ever give their life to Jesus, and that's great with me. Because at one moment, after hearing incredible God songs and hearing the Bible, you know what's going to happen? They will stand up, and they will give their life to Christ. And we will baptize them, and their life will begin to change. And I'm asking everyone here today to become an addict of Jesus Christ with me. I'm asking you. Because Gulf Breeze and Santa Rosa County don't need another church. They got enough churches. 
This county leads the state of Florida with the most churches in the county. And it blows my mind, y'all. I'm just telling you. I was tripping why God would call me to a county with the most churches. You know why? Because maybe that's the greatest opportunity to be unchurched and to be Jesus. And I'm asking y'all to help to join the cause, to live the dream, to become a Jesus addict for life. Because you'll be a Jesus addict for eternity. And to watch God do sun stand still miracles. Like, and they didn't just walk across in the mud. God just made the wind blow a little bit extra to make sure it was dry ground. And I'm telling you, $113,000 is nothing, is not too hard for God. And I, you know what's going to happen? When God provides it, we're going to buy it. That's the deal. We're not going in debt. We can borrow the money. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And I believe with all my heart that God's dream is even bigger than our dream for this area. Band, would you guys go ahead and come up? Would you go ahead and begin making your way up here? We strategically, look, look, look. We strategically, let me try it again. Rewind. We strategically didn't have childcare today. You know why? Because every week, we have incredible people that serve. I just want to, I want to say this. I know that the beach hasn't been, especially the summer, it's been so hot. And it's not been ideal for a lot of people. I understand that. I want to tell you something. I so want to brag on our volunteers. Nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer. And they have come on and they have served with the heart of Jesus. And they've loved our kids. And you know what? I wanted to hear the noise today. The Bible says where there's no oxen, the crib's clean. If we didn't have any babies today, it'd be quiet. Thank God for babies. You with me? Thank God for babies. We want to reach hundreds of them. So I want to ask you today, will you believe God? Will you believe God to do the incredible in your life? Will you believe him? Will you follow him? And will you be willing to give to something that will outlast yourself? Something that's bigger. You know, momentum's way bigger than me. It's way bigger than you. Would you be a part of it? How can I do that, Tim? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can do it by a couple things. Number one, look right here. I'm going to land the plane. Look right here. I'm not wanting to rush through this. I'm trying to be very clear. We need you guys. We need you to love people. That's what it's about. It's about loving people. Because when you love someone, you're Jesus with skin on to them. I saw a picture of my friend Amy. Amy's in India. Remember Project Supply India that we did? Remember that? Amy is in India. And you know what's going on? I saw a picture of her and she had two little kids sitting on the floor. And they have the HIV virus. And they're not allowed to go to school with the other kids. And Amy sat down on a seat. And she had these two little precious kids sitting on the floor. And Amy was teaching them. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. When I, when I saw that picture, you know what I thought? I thought of the verse in the Bible where it says this. Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it to me. 
I'm asking you to commit to loving people, to invest in their life, so that when you're at the water cooler and you're carrying one of these really attractive, I think they're pretty sexy myself, great job, Matt, invite cards, you have enough boldness not to be ashamed. Why would you be ashamed? Say, you know what, man, I've been waiting a long time to do this, but I want to ask you to come momentum with me Sunday. I'll take you to lunch. And as we love people and invest in people's lives and then invite them, you know what will happen? We will not be able to contain them. And when you have a friend or a relative or a neighbor or an employee that you have seen their life wrecked by the world and their hearts broken and empty and you watch Jesus begin to heal them and begin to transform, transform them and begin to bring them back to life. Thank you, Evanescence. When you see that, you will abandon everything. You say, Jesus, I'm, I'm all over that. And you will say, you know what? They don't have to twist my arm to be on a serve team because I'm not serving momentum. I'm serving the one that served me. We won't have to talk to you and beat you over the head because we don't play ball that way about giving. Because we believe that God loves a cheerful giver. And we believe it's all God's anyways. And we don't take any of it with us. Never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Never seen it. It's all God's. And we're not going to twist anyone to serve. We won't twist anyone to give. We believe that it's a privilege. And we believe momentum from the seed that was planted through prayer and fasting, we believe that we are raising up people that will say, you know what? We want to do. This is in our heart to do. And it makes us happy to do. It makes me happy to stand out there and wave to cars because that person needs Jesus. It makes me happy to get here at 6.30 in the morning and set up. Were you here at 6.30 in the morning or a little bit later today? Seven, so they got to sleep in a little bit and go the extra mile and get everything ready because people are coming. So would you stand with me today? What God leads you to, he will lead you through. You know, and our dilemma was, you know what? Well, maybe, maybe we don't get into the school because we don't have the money. God's bigger than money, y'all. God's bigger than money. This church isn't about money. It's about people, reaching people. And I need your help. You have invite cards there. If you don't have a bracelet, would you take a bracelet, put it on, put it where people can read it. And don't be ashamed of the church you are, not you go to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I was just real simple, really quick. I want to ask you a couple questions. I want to ask you the question first. How many would say, Tim, there's just some areas in my life, man, I'll be honest, where it feels like I'm at the Red Sea. I'm having a Red Sea experience. And it seems like the door is totally shut. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's relationally. Maybe it's emotionally. Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe you say, Tim, I pray. And it seems like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling and nothing's happening. You say, I'm frustrated. Whatever area of your life it is, you're not finding breakthrough. You're walking with God, but you're having a Red Sea experience. Would you raise your hand if that's you? You say, that's me today. 
I see a hand and 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 a hand. Can I just encourage you today to cry out to Jesus?